Welcome to Original Mind Zen Sangha. Today's Dharma talk is given by Andre Taysan Hallow. Tonight's talk is going to be called Whether Sitting, Standing, or Lying. Down. <laughs> I told you when I walked in today that I got a tweet my back moving something for my son. And uh, it made me reflect on practice. And one of the most important aspects of our practice that really resonated with me the first time I met my teacher was the fact that um, our practice is supposed to permeate every aspect of our lives. And um, I don't know of any Zen order that would reject that or would challenge that. But um, I feel that we as a school or a sect in particular pay close attention to this. Uh, Sung San, who founded our, our school of Zen, um, was not a big meditation guy. In fact, he didn't, when he had his great Satori, his breakthrough experience, he wasn't meditating at all, at least not formally in a seated position. Uh, rather, he was chewing on pine needles on a 100-day retreat, uh, chanting. And so awakening can occur at any moment while we do anything. And that reminds me of this line in the Four Great Vows, the opportunities to awaken are infinite. We vow to embrace them all. And that's a double-edged sword because the, the barb there is it suggests that we're not awakened and that we can. There'll be a historical moment where we kind of um, transmigrate from being deluded into a state of enlightenment. A, a better rephrasing of it might be opportunities for awakening. Because every single moment is an opportunity to be awake. And that's what our practice is. It's about mustering all of ourselves, all of our energy, all of our mental and emotional gusto into being present at this moment. So I was concerned when I was at home. I said, oh, no, I don't know how I'm going to sit. And then I wasn't too worried, though. I was like, oh, well, I kind of lead the group, so I can walk around if I, if I really want to. And it reminded me of a conversation that I had with a practitioner once, years ago. And he said that he, couldn't, he could not practice at this uh, Zen monastery because he had a, his back totally eroded. It was like nothing. His back was spaghetti. And he was in an enormous amount of pain. Not discomfort, but pain. And they wouldn't let him uh, meditate because uh, he couldn't sit. He said, I can lie down. And they're like, nope, that's not how we do it. I don't care if somebody stands. I don't care if somebody sits. I care if somebody lies down, provided they don't fall asleep. And even if they do, wake up <laughs> when the bell rings. Wake up. Wake up. Uh, that's consistent with our practice as a lay people where we're in the car sometimes for over an hour a day that's an opportunity for us to stay awake for awakening and that is some monumental um, <clears throat> moment where the bucket breaks the proverbial bucket and we're you know left in harmony with everything but where we muster all of ourselves into staying attentive when all of those thoughts are racing we're not cutting through them, we're seeing through them, seeing them for what they are. They're just appearances, like everything else. The sounds of the birds. They appear and they disappear. 
whatever we're doing, eating, sleeping, urinating, doesn't matter. That is the home and hearth of the Buddha. Because if our practice is falls short of encompassing those those aspects of our lives, then, then it's incomplete. And that's a really good, interesting word. Incomplete versus complete. Because we'd like to say that the Buddha way is complete. It's whole. It, it, it encompasses everything. And yet it, it is incomplete. Because we can never truly stop practicing. It just goes on forever. The moment we think that we're done, we're stuck. We're fixed. And that means that we're, we're becoming rigid in our outlook. The great way is about fluidity and our ability to see things from the most advantageous point of view possible rather than any fixed one. So there is no absolute one way of looking at things. Just like there is no one way, absolute way of physically embodying the Buddha Dharma. Sometimes we're seated. Wonderful. Sometimes we're walking. Great. Sometimes we're running, skateboarding, playing basketball, sitting on the toilet, whatever it is. Where is our mind at that moment? Thoughts are going to intrude. Emotions are going to cloud our, our vision, our ability to see. But it's our persistence, our tenacity to just come back over and over and over again to that which is present. The beautiful chirping birds, the breeze behind me, the, the cars driving by. Thoughts may accompany them. But what is real is that which is, is truly present. And of course, that great paradox of that is whatever is present is also not present because it's always changing. We can't hold it. And when we try to hold it, then we're trying to turn Zen into a, into a rigid artifact, into a seated Buddha. Buddha sits when it's time to sit. Buddha eats when it's time to eat. Buddha shits when it's time to shit. That was Andre Tesan Hallow. Thank you for joining Original Mind Zen Sangha.